Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Radio Vida West Texas. This is 89.7 FM Brownfield, 105.3 FM Lubbock. And if you are in the Plainview area, this is 103.1 FM there for you guys um, in Hell County. I'm your servant, Jose Limas Jr., and joining me is my good friend and brother in Christ, and um, he's also very uh, involved in prison ministry with me. Um, his name is Matt Radilla. You're gonna you're gonna hear his voice here soon and shortly. Now uh, I know usually you're not used to having anybody live around this time. Um, usually the the uh, DJs don't come in here to do a program till about till about noontime. Um, but um, we wanted to come on here um, to record this live. We're, we're feeding this into our production room. Um, it's been on my heart to do a um, a podcast, if you will, or or a recording, at least, if you will. I'm not really sure how to address it, but um, on the topic of of uh, you know just gaining a gaining a better broader more clear understanding of what it means to fulfill purpose um, from the perspective of just in a general manner and then in a more individual specific manner to you um, and uh, it's it's something that I enjoy talking about and I know that our guest today uh, Matt Radilla it's it's something that he's very passionate about um, and so that's why we're on the on the broadcast today uh, but before we before we get into it, um, man, I just want to say good morning. Um, it looks like it's about 8.15 a.m. right now. Today is July the 19th, and um, I didn't look at the weather, but it looks like it's going to be a hot day again. Um, so drink plenty of water for those of you who, are, who work jobs out in the, in the heat. We appreciate you. Um, those of you working on the roads... Um, just man, everybody that that has a job that requires that you be out there in the heat, we man, we we appreciate all the work that you do out there. And uh, man, be safe, stay stay hydrated. All right, well, um, since we uh, time can fly, you know, time can go by fast, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna stop at ten o'clock. Um, so. We're going to go ahead and just get into this in case you just tuned in. Um, we're on the broadcast right now through the app. It's the kltb.org app, kltb.org. Um, matter of fact, uh, you can also dial 701-719-4588 and listen live through your phone. I'm going to say that one more time. You can dial 701-719-4588. Four five eight eight. You can listen live. We're live from the uh, the studio here in Wolforth. All right. Well, um, today's or this morning's topic, um, man, we're just we're just gonna share wisdom slash insight um, slash truth that has helped us as we journey through this thing called life this gift of life that God has given us and you know all, all of us 
we desire, um, you know, to live a, a meaningful life. Um, I think I think it's safe to say that almost everybody that when we get to our final breath, we want to be able to look back on our life and say, um, you know, that we made a difference, that that we made our life count. And so at some point, you know, all of us, we ask ourselves this question, like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing with my time? All of us at some point ask that question. Um, and uh, by no means uh, do do we, those of us who are on the broadcast today, Matt and myself, by, by no means do we necessarily have all the answers regarding this topic. Um, but, you know, God tells us through his word that if any of you lacks wisdom, you know, to ask God and he he generously gives it. And so, you know, this is this is a topic where we can we can continue every day saying, Lord, keep keep giving me wisdom, keep giving me understanding, keep keep giving me insight and revelation about about what it what it means to fulfill purpose just in a general manner and then also um when it comes to to a specific divine assignment that's on my life, um, you know, we we can keep asking God for wisdom about that, and and He promises to to be generous about giving us that that wisdom that we need for the sake of clarity, for things to be more clear about what we're supposed to be doing while we're here on Earth. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and um, give Matt the opportunity to just introduce himself and and uh, just tell us tell us a little bit about about himself. Um, uh, I don't I don't I don't want to go straight into the teaching yet. I'd like for you to give them some background first. Um, most of you already know plenty about me because y'all hear me y'all hear me on the radio you know, quite often, and I've shared a lot about myself. So really, I want to, be, before we dive into the topic, um, I'd like for you to get to know Matt. So Matt, if you can just, you know, say hello to the audience and just, you know, share share about maybe your upbringing and and maybe even like a short condensed version of, of, of your, your life story, your testimony. Okay. What's going on, everyone? Uh, so yeah, my name is Matt Radilla. I'm uh, from Atlanta. Georgia. I grew up most of my life, though, right outside of Orlando, Florida. Um, good family, you know, mother, father, uh, grew up in decent community, played sports since as long as I can remember, football, baseball, soccer, basketball, everything. Uh, short synopsis of my life. So life went pretty good for a long time. Um, when I was in high school, my father passed away which was a huge, huge blow to who I was. Um, my father was really that person that I connected with deeply. Uh, we had uh, kind of the same mindset. We had the same attitude. We really were able to connect, and I learned so much from him. When I was, when I was younger, I homeschooled, and so I was able to travel with him. He was a, a consultant for construction companies. So I was able to travel with him a lot of places. And in that time, we were able to really spend deep quality time together. And one of the things that my father 
had that he kind of passed on to me was he could look at something or listen to somebody talk and he could pull out the wisdom and truth in it. He was able to pull it out. And this made it to where that's why he became a consultant, because he would work for construction companies and, and help them get back on track. So when I was with him and traveling, I used to watch this and I loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It was so cool to see him to go in somewhere and, and figure out how to fix it, figure it out. So that's something I always desired. And I played, like I said, sports my whole life. Um, and when he passed away, it kind of it, it hit me to the core of he was my confidence. That's where my confidence came from was him. And so when he was gone and it was just me and my mother, I, I had that lack of confidence in who I was. I had that lack of identity, that lack of direction. It was my whole life. I, I thought it was planned out. You know, I was going to play sports. I was pretty good at baseball. I was, you know, had offers and could go to pros and stuff like that. So I was going to play sports. And then if that didn't work, uh, I was just going to go into like the family business. I was going to go work with my father. You know, that was plan B. There wasn't no plan C after that. It was A or B. Well, when he passed away, plan B goes out the door. And so plan A is the only thing that I have. So I put everything I can into plan A. Um, you know, some of my own choices and mistakes led me down to where, you know, got myself in trouble, you know, got in some fights, broke my hand. So I was out for a season. And so it was a struggle to, to, to keep plan A going in the direction that it should have. But I got to go to college. I got a scholarship to go play baseball. And so I was like, all right, cool. Life's back on track. You know, all that, I'm over it. Well, I was only at school for a week and I got our sports physical. And that's when they found out that I had cancer for the first time. So once that happened and I was out for a whole season getting treatment and going through everything and then coming back and then trying to play again, it just took a toll on my body. And so then I, I spent a whole summer like getting back to who I was and getting back to my where I was going to be able to go and play. Uh, I wasn't at school for much longer and then they found out I had cancer again. So I had to come home, go through chemotherapy that destroyed my body, kind of destroyed my mind. And after that, life just kind of life got uh, man, life got cloudy. Life got vague. Sports was gone. There wasn't any way I was going to be able to play again. And now it's okay. A's gone. B's gone. Never had a C. So now what am I going to do with my life? And so I spent the, the next 15 years, basically, next 10, 12 to 15 years of my life chasing everything that I thought could fulfill me, could satisfy me, could give me some kind of direction. Worked a million different jobs, did a million different things, dated a million different girls all over the place, you know. Um, since that, in that time span, because of chemotherapy and all the injuries and surgeries I had, I was always in pain. And in living in Florida in this time, if you were in that area, painkillers was a very easy thing to get and since i actually had real records they just gave me whatever i want so for years i just was on painkillers all the time trying a million different jobs trying to figure out what life was i didn't have that purpose the purpose was gone i suffered that for a very long time and so that's why once i finally discovered my purpose and who i was and you know who my source was and all this i was able to get back to doing what i was designed to do Awesome, man. Thank you so much for um, sharing that with our 
our audience. Um, and I got to tell you that, man, one thing that I, I admire so much about about Matt is that he's very intentional. He's not. He doesn't have an attitude of indifference. What does it mean to go through life with an attitude of indifference? Well, one way to explain that it means that that you go through life with this mindset of, well, I'm just gonna live and see what happens. <laughs> um, whatever happens, happens. If 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 something good happens, great. Um, if I end up dying doing something good with my life, great. You know that that describes to some degree an attitude of indifference. Um, but whenever you, the opposite of that is be is living a very intentional life. Uh, it means that you refuse to be shallow about the different aspects of life. You really, it means you really want to have wisdom and and grow and learn and understand more about um, you know how you can be a blessing while you're on this planet. And so that's something that ever since I met Matt. Um, I could I could easily tell he was someone who was not going to go through life with an attitude of indifference. All right. So now um, speaking of of having the right attitude. Right. Um, that's that's the f- first thing I'm going to start with as far as um, from the perspectives that that I feel like God has given me and not just God, but, you know, listening to listening to other folks um, and just trying to gain a more, uh, gain a better, broader, big picture under, understanding of, of, of this topic of purpose. Here's one of the things that I've learned, and it, and it starts with that word um, attitude. So if, if you're listening and, and you just tuned in, I, I want you to know that we're about to dive into this topic of what does it mean to fulfill purpose? And and again, we're just going to share from our heart what has helped us, what helps us have fulfillment and joy. Um, you know, how, how, how do we perceive this topic? We're, we don't claim to have all the answers, but but we, we think that if, if you can at least consider um, some of the things that we're going to be sharing with you, if you can just consider them, um, then, man, that's all we want. The rest is between you and and God. So I'll start with this. That One, one thing that I've learned is that it, fulfilling purpose starts with our willingness to have a selfless attitude, a selfless attitude. Um, I've never met someone who was living a fruitful life and they were a very selfish person. I haven't. Maybe you have. <laughs> Maybe you have. But but the people that that I admire, that I have a lot of respect for, uh, the people that have influence in my life, uh, people who are who are fruitful um, and and they're productive for for the benefit of others in different ways. Um, one of the things that I've noticed that they have in common is is they have an attitude of of selflessness and so it it reminds me of this quote that says most people dream of what they can have but god wants me dreaming of what i can give 
and and so um you know sometimes there's this misconception about once i have what i want then i'll be fulfilling my purpose once i have once i have the job of my dreams and the house of my dreams and the car of my dreams and and the money of my dreams and and the woman of my dreams and you name it once once i have what i want then i'm fulfilling purpose but I want to challenge you that fulfilling purpose is more about what we give, how how we're being a blessing to others, and so um, that that's what I want to s- start with just for now. Um, are are we are we embracing and developing an attitude of selflessness? Um, Matt and I, we we spend a lot of time in the prisons, and I'll never forget when the regional chaplain shared this to me. Uh, shared this with me. He he said, uh, he said, Junior, you know what? I met a warden who told me that he could care less about the certificates that our men get from doing the rehabilitation programs. He could care less about what their ITP looks like, which it's a screen that parole board looks at um, when deciding whether they're gonna grant the the incarcerated man parole or not he said this the warden all he wants to know is not how many certificates they have or how many classes they've taken the warden just wants to know are they thinking more like a giver and less like a taker are they thinking more along the lines of how how can my life how can i live my life in a way that Others benefit from it um, rather than what can I have? What can I get out of life? Um, and and, and it, it it was awesome to hear him say that. And it reminds me of another quote. There's there's a quote that says, decide to dream, not to see how you can benefit from the riches of this world, but to see how this world can benefit from what God has placed inside of you. Did you, did you hear that? So, some people dream of, what all can I get from out of life? But just in my own humble opinion, my own experience, I've learned purpose is more about what can life get out of me? Um, what, what can this world, how can this world benefit from the riches within me? And so, um, and you know, Matt and I, we're just going to be going back and forth um, I tend when when I talk about this uh, subject of fulfilling purpose, I I tend to talk about it more from a a a general standpoint, general ways that we can fulfill purpose, um, and uh, at least from 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 what I've heard him teach, um, he he uh, he focuses more on on like. Uh, on like what is God's specific purpose for you and man God God has given him a lot of wisdom and insight in regards to that so so I'm going to turn it over to him and and Matt you you uh you don't you don't have to address anything from what I just said you can just share just regarding perspectives that God has has given you what's what's on your heart what's what's something that you'd like to start with from from your own experience, what makes sense to you, what 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 helps you go through life, 
uh, having meaning and fulfillment. Um, what, what's something that you'd like to share, um, that you'd like to start with for our audience? <clears throat> well, what I'll start off with is when you were saying, when you f first started and you were saying that everything I do, I have like intention behind it, you know, and I, and I don't live uh, just like for whatever, or, you know, whatever happens. Well, the reason I have that now is because for so many years, that's the way I lived. I lived like whatever happens, yeah. happened. I, I didn't really have uh, a purpose in mind. I didn't have a goal. And I think most people... The reason most people live that way is because they really don't know what's the purpose for them. They don't really know what the day is supposed to to bring to them. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they're supposed to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know that, then you don't know the intention behind why you do anything. It wasn't until I truly figured out, you know, who I was, what I was supposed to be doing and all that. I saw, okay, every decision I have to make, it has to be intentional. I can't just throw decisions away and see how it plays out. It, it it doesn't work that way for us to be successful in life and anything that we do. And then into the next thing, you were talking about most people try to see, okay, we'll wait till I get all this stuff. I get the car, I get the house, I get the money, I get the wife, I get the husband, I get the kids, I get all that. And then I'll start doing what I'm designed to do or I'll start going after purpose or I'll start giving back or serving other people. The reason that people live that way is because that's what was taught to them. That's the structure that's taught to people. Uh, there was a, na a man named uh, <clears throat> Abraham Maslow or Maslow. And he, he created this pyramid of needs for humans. Now, this is what's been taught since like the 60s, you know, in mental health and schools and all this. This is a system that's taught. And so it was a pyramid. And, you know, the biggest part at the bottom was basically like food, water, you know, like he said, you needed that first. You have to have food and water. And then the next is shelter. You have to have shelter. You have to have money. You have to have clothes. You have to have, you know, those those desires. You have to have the basic needs. And then you get into, well, then you need security. And then you need family. And then you need money. And then you need this. And then the next level is talking about, then you start looking at yourself. Then you start self-identifying, self-learning, self-growing. And then the last level, which is, he, he called it self-transfiguration. Like, like then you truly grasp who you are. You've truly learned it. You don't need all those. You, you've got all those desires, and then you can go be what you're designed to be. Mm -hmm. Now this is what he was. This is what he taught. This is what's been taught to us for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So people's mindset is: I need the basics. I need my desires, and then I can become who I'm designed to be. And I lived that way for a very long time. But I wasn't until I started actually studying this and discovering it and looking at the life of Christ and what he said to us, he completely flips it. Like He's like, that's not the way you can live. That's not the way it's going to be successful for you. Because why you're trying to get all those things, it never, it never fulfills you or really sustains you. And so you think, okay, well, I need more then. Once I get to this level, then I'll actually be fulfilled. And then I can look inward and see who I am and give out what I'm supposed to give out. But it never comes to you. So you keep desiring, you keep desiring, you keep climbing, you keep plugging, you keep working, you keep trying to grow, you keep trying to collect all this stuff, thinking <clears throat> there'll eventually be a level that I'll hit. And then I can go into me. Because that's what it was taught to us. 
Like that's the system that was taught. So people think that's the way to go. And Jesus comes and says, you got to flip that. You got to know who you are first. You got to know who who made you. You got to know what you're supposed to be doing. You got to know how far you can take it. And then where you're trying to go, once you discover those, you have true self-discovery, then all those desires start coming to you. Then all those things start opening up to you. But you have to start with who you are first. Because when you don't, all those things, when you get them and you don't know who you are, they change you. They can corrupt you from the inside. They can make you look at people as, not how do I help them, but what can I get from them? What can they do for me? Mm-hmm. Not what I can do for them, but if you don't have everything that you desire, you're like, well, what can they do for me? It's not until you know who you are that you're like, how can I give to them? What can I do for them? What value can I bring them in their life? And it's such a more peace. It's such a, a peaceful way to live. It's a motivating way to live. I, I used to wake up every morning not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. My, my whole mindset was, well, how can I get high today? Like, what mission do I need to go on to get what I need to get? That's how I woke up. And until I could figure that out, until I could solve that, the rest of the day was shot. I was not going to, I was going to be in agony the rest of the day. So it's like, however long that took, I was in agony. I was in torment until I got what I needed. And then once I had what I needed to fulfill me at that moment, to give me that temporary happiness, then I could figure out what I was going to do for other people. Then I could help other people. Then I could actually be a human again who actually cared about the people around me. It wasn't until I had that, but then it goes away. Once that drug, once that feeling starts to go backwards and starts to withdraw out of your body, you go right back into, oh, no, 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 I need to get from me again. And that's how people live. Now, they might not do it through drugs. Some do, but they do it through money. They do it through status. They do it through possessions. They do it through. So they, they get it. It gives them that happiness and they're the sweetest person and they try to give it and they try to do all this stuff for other people. And then that feeling dies down. That car is not as shiny. You know, that new wife is not as cute. Like the money didn't last as long as you thought it was going to last. And so you go right back into, oh, well, I need to get from me again. And then I could give out. That's the structure that's taught to us. So once I truly discovered what I was supposed to be doing with my life and had that servant's heart and learning that once I figure out me, I give out to everybody else, I'm not worried about the house I live in. Not worried about the car I drive. I'm just, I feel blessed to have a house. I feel, ble- I feel blessed that I woke up this morning in a bed inside a house. That's a blessing right there. I drove over here to meet you i have a vehicle there's a lot of people that don't have vehicles so i am blessed but i don't worry about those things because i know when i do what i'm designed to do all those things will be added to me that's what that's what jesus was he was flipping the system for us he was saying don't worry about everything else don't worry about what you eat the clothes don't worry about any of that seek my kingdom and my father's righteousness and then everything will be added to you. All the desires that you have that you need. So like Maslow said, those basic needs, food, water, shelter, clothes, like 
money, all that stuff that he said you needed to get first before you could discover who you are. Jesus says, no, until you discover who you are, you can't have those things. Those things will now rule you instead of you ruling them. They're not supposed to be ruled by anything. And so purpose is such a huge key for everyone because this is what keeps us going. The reason people suffer through life and don't just end it is because deep down they know they have a meaning. They know there's, there's some kind of purpose for them. They, they can feel it inside of them. It eats at you on a daily basis. When you wake up in the morning, you know there's something for you. You just don't know what it is. There's, there has to be some kind of meaning to this. There has to be. So it's inside of everyone. They desire it, but they just never actually focused on it because they've been taught you need everything else before you can get to that. And it's like, no, that purpose was already given to you before you were even created. Before you were even put in the womb, that was already given to you. Before you even thought of, before you, I mean, before your parents even thought of you. You were already crafted with your purpose. It was there. And then when we were born, it's society's job. It's the system's job. It's our parents' job to help that manifest in you, to help you discover it and start pulling it out and then giving it to everybody else. Because that fruit that's inside of you, you have to give it out. When you look at a fruit tree, a fruit tree doesn't eat its own fruit. It does not eat its own fruit. This is a good spot for me to uh, interject this real quick. Um, I I know I know they don't mean to. <laughs> I know they don't mean to, but from from our from the early stages in life, when you're you know six, seven, even in your teenage years. Um, What's something that little kids hear from family, teachers, coaches? Um, shoot for the stars, little Billy. Um, dream big. Um, you you can grow up and have the house you want. You can grow up and have all all the money possible. You can do it. You just gotta believe in yourself. You 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 can have the car of your dreams and. Here, here, here's what I'm getting at, that they don't do it on purpose, but a lot of times from a, from a small, you know, from, from, a, from a small, from a young age, little kids are already being programmed that purpose is about what they're going to have in the future. Does, is, I hope that's making sense because, because the teacher said, dream of having the house you want. Dream, dream, dream of having, you know, everything's about dream of what you can have, and I just think that's part of the. Uh, I think that's part of our system in this world that contributes to twisting what purpose is really about. What we, what we really need, so, something, something that lines up a little more with purpose is for teachers to say. Man, you you know what? You you can grow up and accomplish great things. But you know what? Don't don't just dream of don't just dream of having the car you want. Dream of buying buying a, a family that's in need of car. I want you to have that kind of dream too. 
I want you to dream about being able to buy a home for others, for, for families that are in need. I want you to dream about helping single mothers pay their pay their bills. Uh, you know, I'm just throwing this out there to where it to where from from a very young age they don't mean to, but when they're when they're telling us all this stuff of you can have anything you want, you just you just go for it. Yes, we can we can we can grow up and work hard and and earn what we have, work for what we have. But if if we're not if we're not careful, we're going to contribute to generation after generation growing up with this mindset that to be great means I get what I want rather than greatness is about me 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 being of service to others. Is that is that making sense? Let me turn your mic on. Yeah, I w- I would say and and my and doing this journey for the past five years of learning this stuff and talking to people and, and teaching and everything, I've discovered that a lot most people had the complete opposite. They didn't have parents or teachers or anybody telling them, Hey, you can have whatever you want. Right? They had parents and teachers and society telling them, You're only this good. Like, look at your father, your father is a janitor, you'll only be a janitor, you know? parents telling their kids when the kid comes up and says I want to be a doctor or astronaut or I want to whatever I want to do something world changing and they tell them get that childish out of your mind you can't become that look at your family look at your brothers and sisters and cousins and uncles they're not successful they don't do anything they work they feed their kids and they pay their bills and that's what you're going to be and so it's like they they get this mindset to where they're capped they're already capped at a level I mean, it's because the parents aren't doing what they're designed to do. They're not fulfilling their purpose. And so they're just living to survive. They're just living to survive. And so that's what's passed on. That's what's passed on. I saw it in my own life, even though my father was so successful and did so many great things and people loved him. There was a cap to him. You know, as a kid, he was always told everything you touch and we're on Christian radio, it turns to crap, right? <laughs> That's what he was told. That's what his father and his family and stuff told him. So even though he was super smart, he was a genius, even though he was athletic, even though he could do all these things, there was all this level that he got to, and then he was self-sabotage. Because that's what he knew. He knew I can't let anything truly succeed because I was told I can't. I was, that was what was bred into me. And so he had this mindset. And it wasn't until the last you know, year of his life or when I was getting older, you know, now I'm in high school and you know, those last couple of years, it, he's really actually breaking down how he felt about his life and all the regret that he had that he didn't do A, B, C, D, and E because he knew he could do it, but he didn't go for it. Mm-hmm. He would not step into it because he was scared of it. He was scared of the success that would come from it. Mm-hmm. And so he, he always capped himself. And yeah. so I had a cap on myself because that's what he handed to me. Yeah. That's what he passed on. And he, like you said, it's not intentional, but he's hand, they're handing something off to you from their own knowledge mm-hmm. instead of what God has told them, except for what their purpose is. Yeah, why yeah. they're put here on earth and they're most I'd say probably 99% of the people in the world are working a job that they hate 
Like mm. they're really they're working a job that they hate because they got to pay their bills, and at least it pays them decent money. But they can't stand it. They mm. do not wake up on Monday excited for the day. Mm. They're just waiting for Friday, but it pays their bills. I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm glad that it's that it's me and Matt doing this, um, because it we come from such different backgrounds that that uh you know it'd be different if we had the same story the Mm -hmm. same experiences it would kind of limit who we can reach but because our backgrounds are are very different you know half of you can relate to what he's saying and the other half um may relate to what i'm saying because because yeah the, the way you described um was not my experience at all you know i i grew up with with parents always feeding the champion in me, telling me that I could do great things, that I could do anything I wanted, and teachers and coaches always, you know. And but I, I just wish, I just wish that um, they would have, and and obviously they couldn't do it because they didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. But I, I just wish that instead of telling me you're gonna do great things. They that they would have gave me an understanding that doing great things has everything to do with you being of service to somebody else. That's not they didn't point that part out, and obviously they didn't um, underst- understand that. That I I, I wish I, I would rather I would rather kids grow up being delusional that they could do everything <laughs> that they put their mind to than to say, well, now there's only a certain level that I can reach because you, you, you know you. delusion. <laughs> Delusion will, life will teach you what you're delusional about. It will hit you back. It's life is going to hit you you like that. And so like delusion is something that's easy to break in somebody because they still have these dreams and it's like, who really knows if they're going to get it? Like, "Ah, it's not my my role or or know the future. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that is a better way to have a kid than to having a kid that says, man inside me like i know i'm supposed to cure cancer but nobody in my family has even made it through high school so there's no possible way that i can do it but i know i i I desire this there's there's this there's this passion that burns in me but i can't parents are you listening and what your words to your kids I'm, i'm telling you i had parents who were always feeding the champion in me so i i completely agree that that uh because it you, when you grow up in an environment where you have parents who strongly believe that that you're going to do great things and they say that to you and you have coaches and I mean it you it gives you a lot of confidence man mm-hmm. you 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 I I have to and I I say this humbly I never really had a problem with I'm not good enough for this or for that project or two. I because because of how I was raised, you know. Um, there's there's a. Let me throw this go last ahead, thing go ahead, go it. ahead. It it's not only like parents. It's not an, it's not enough. It's it's a good start, but it's not enough to just tell your kids that. The main thing that they're going to look at is your life. 
Are, you're telling me that I can do everything. You're telling me that I'm unstoppable. You're telling me I'm amazing. And then every single morning at breakfast, I hear you complain about how you hate your job. I hear you complain about how the bills aren't going to get paid. I hear you complain about how so-and-so got a promotion and you didn't. You've been there longer. you know. Or so-and-so's got a new car. Why don't we have the stuff for the new car? So you turn around and you tell them, hey, you can do everything that you can put your mind to, that Christ has made you for, all this stuff. And then they look at your life and they don't see that demonstration. And so, yes, they can hear you and that's a great thing they they that's a great way to encourage them but the way they'll learn and actually uh to where it'll sink into their heart is you demonstrating it and that's what i want for everybody that's what i want i want everybody to be doing exactly what they're designed to do so that their kids look at them and say wow like look what my parents are doing look at the life that they live and i was a great leader that i had always said my ceiling should be your floor. Come on. So the stuff that I'm going to be able to do on my life, my daughter should be able to destroy that. Come on. Hallelujah. Okay, so, um, and I've got my notes here because I didn't, there's just a lot of different things that we can touch in regard to uh, this topic. Um, but one of the one of the questions that I want you to, ask yourself is what's something that that I would do for free over and over and over again that I do it for free um, and the reason I share that and, and again is this is just you know my humble perspectives things that have helped me um, a lot of you know I'm, I'm full-time in the prisons but uh, when I was a full-time pastor, you know, I, I was in a small town. There wasn't there wasn't much to do. But I I understood. Hey, I'm 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 going to live a, a life of service. And uh, I kept hearing about a prison that was thirty minutes north of where I was pastoring. And so I said, you know what? I'm I'm going to go volunteer. I'm just just going to go see how how I can make a difference there. Um. And uh, I, I took the chaplain to lunch. He said, I need help with this certain class. I said, all right, let's do it. I had no idea what the class was about. I wasn't familiar with the curriculum. But, you know, I, I knew I wanted to, to uh, get involved. Well, man, all it took was one time. All it took was one time to get in that environment and to be a blessing to these guys, to just show love. Um, and then the the teaching part, that was great, too. But just to be there and interact with them and just show them respect and learn from them, hear their stories. I mean, you know, it was, it was more than just one dimensional, right? Um, now, I share that with you because I... I loved it so much that I called my mom when I got done and I said, Mom, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And so I, I started getting very involved in several prisons, not getting paid to do it, money out of my pocket to travel because I, I started traveling to various prisons. But I was, I was willing to do it over and over and over and over and over for free. For free. <laughs> and so... This is just one perspective that I'd like for you to consider if, if you're listening right now and you're saying, 
where do I belong or what's something, what's one of the things that I should be doing while I'm here on earth? Um, man, I, I, I want you to ask yourself, what, what is something that, that others benefit from um, that somehow it, it meets the needs of maybe of a particular group or it meets, it meets the needs of, of a person or whatever. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's an act of service. You're doing something, you're making a difference in the life of others, but you would be willing to do it for free. There, there's so many stories out there similar to mine where they started doing it for free. And the next thing you know, two years later, three years later, 10 years later, they're actually getting paid to do it. Um, and kind of going back to what, to what Matt said earlier, you know, that there's, there's a, a, a lot of folks who are, are working a job where they are, they are miserable. It's one thing to not like your job. It's another thing to work a job where you're actually miserable. You know, you, you, you hate it. And, and so I just, I just want to throw that out there. Consider, consider this idea, um, what what am what's something that I could do over and over, and I'm willing to do it for free. So, Matt, any, any thoughts on that, or or you could just share, just yeah, anything. I, I, no, that's I mean that's a huge thing to to know or, or to know those passions that you have. Um, I I have discovered one of the best ways uh, to 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 really truly grasp your purpose is to look at the world, look at all the problems that are going on in the world, and pick the problem that you, if God came to you, he came to you right then and said, I will eradicate this from the earth today. Mm -hmm. You just tell me which one it is. Tell me which one you want. Mm -hmm. And when you figure that out, that's your purpose. That's your job is to go fix that, to go fix it. So like I said, all my life, I wanted to help fix people or fix businesses. I wanted to help fix to get them back doing being being successful the way they were. That's what my father did. I loved it. I loved it. So I always wanted to help people to I always wanted to help something become successful again. It wasn't until everything happened in my life that I, when I was unsuccessful and had no purpose and just going through life that I truly discovered, oh, this is the reason I'm going. The reason I went through all that is because I can connect with somebody who doesn't know what their purpose is. I can connect when they're just trying to live. They're just trying to survive. And they know something's inside of them, but they just don't know. And if God came to me today and said, I will eradicate something on this earth, you just tell me what it is, I would say lack of purpose or lack of knowledge of purpose. That's what I would have eradicated. And so every single day when I wake up, I got to do something to help somebody discover who they are so that they start doing their purpose. Like I, I figured that out and it makes life a whole lot easier because there's a million different ways that you can do it. And so you just try every single way. And then eventually you get so good at what you're doing. You get so your gifts start to step into play and you do it so many times that it just flows through you naturally. And then all of a sudden you start getting paid for that. Somebody offers you opportunity so that you can pay for everything that you need doing what you've designed to do. Come on. That's that's good, man. That's good. 
Um, that that I think that's a good segue into this uh, next thing that I have on here. Um, let's look real quick at the story. I believe it's in First Samuel chapter seventeen, where um, David ends up face to face with Goliath. But but I I want I want you to just consider this real quick before before David is face to face with Goliath. His father, Jesse, Jesse says to his son, David, he says, take, take this cheese. And I think it was bread, too. I'm not sure what all it was, but he was like, take this cheese and bread. And I think other supplies, he said, take this to your brothers and and I think to the captain. And then he said, and bring me back a report on how your brothers are doing. And I always th- I always thought about this. What if what if David had said, get somebody else to do that. Give me something more important to do. Now, now, follow me. Because even though right now you may be working a job or serving in ways that that uh how can I put it? You 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 feel like man, there's more. There's more. I don't mind serving this way. I don't mind serving here. I don't mind serving there. I, I mean, I may not really like my job, but I'm but I'm good for now. Um, watch this. Because David embraced a simple opportunity to serve in a simple way. Because he said, "Okay, I will go and take." this I'll be I'll be a food delivery guy <laughs> because he said yes to that the bible says that while he was talking to his brothers he heard Goliath taunting the nation of Israel so it just paints a picture for me that you know what when we're when we're willing to serve god has a way of helping you discover giants you're assigned to slay. Can you read between the lines on that? And and so I, I say that as I, I hope that's very encouraging and, and life-giving to anyone who's who's saying, you know what, Junior, I, I am I am serving in 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 different ways. I volunteer here and I volunteer here, but I I, I still feel like I haven't been face to face with my Goliath or or I still feel like um, God hasn't highlighted his divine assignment for my life. My encouragement is just keep serving, just keep serving, just keep serving, because sooner or later, just like in this example of David, um, David just simply doing what his father told him to do, put him in the right environment. It, it He was at the right place at the right time. And next thing you know, he's slain Goliath and and getting promoted by by King Saul at at the time. And and so um you know it's kind of like I, I kind of like what 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 Matt was bringing up. You you get so good at what you're doing that sooner or later you're going to be at the right place at the right time and and somebody else is going to have the power to to open a door for you you know somebody else is going to have the power to to promote you um and whether whether god uses a person or not 
God has a way of find of finding a way of making sure that you're face to face with the with the Goliaths, the giants that He has anointed you to slay for for your family, for this world, for 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 a certain group of people. I I, I hope that made sense to you, and and so. Um, I encourage I encourage all of us to continue, even if you already know, even if you're already aware of the divine assignment or assignments that God has here on earth. Do not stop neglecting food delivery opportunities, <laughs> because because like e- even though you may have a good grasp on certain assignments, there may be there may be another giant. That God wants you to slay that you know nothing about, and if you're willing to just remain humble, and you and you still serve in very humble ways and very simple ways, that can introduce you to to other giants that 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 God has uh, anointed you to slay. So. Um, uh, Matt, what, well, this what are is, I mean? This is this is where patience comes into play, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's hard for us to be patient in, in society. We don't really like being patient anymore because we have everything at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's frustrating when that 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 uh, video doesn't load in two seconds. You Come know, on. it's frustrating when you start seeing that little circle and you're like, "What the heck?" You know, and it's yeah. because we're so used to having things at our fingertips. And I w- I would say, like, uh, what are the one of the disappointments in the Bible, scripture-wise, is they don't give you they don't give you the time period in between chapters. Like you read something and it's like David was goes and does that, but they didn't tell you about all the years before where he was putting in work. They didn't tell you all the years before where he was training, where he was learning who he was and all that stuff. We don't see all. We see you know chapter and then he slays Goliath and then all of a sudden it's like who knows the the time periods between this and I I wish that you know they put in between (laughs) in between chapters they put the time period of how long it is because we think it's just the very next day or like Mm -hmm. the next second that happened and it's like no there's time in between and that's where patience is so important and like you were saying with doing what you would what you would do for free that's where your passion comes into play because when you do it it gives you so much life that you don't really care about the payment and so you're willing to put in the time because you're still gaining so much life every single time you do it every single time i teach i or just whatever go teach go talk with the guys anything I get so much life from it. So I don't care that I don't get paid for it because it gives me something that money's never brought me. Mm-hmm. The life that it the life that it brings, the joy that it brings, the the motivation, the energy, everything that it brings, I've had money and money never brought that. Never sustained me like that. So when I wake up the next day, I'm excited to go do it again because of the life it brings me. So I don't care how long it takes. Because it doesn't matter if I if it doesn't come tomorrow, the day after, where everything is paid for, I'm still doing what gives me something that money can't give me, mm-hmm. and that's the reason it's so important to know it. Because yeah, we you got to pay bills. I understand that, you know. And it's like 
if you're doing a job that you hate, that you can't sustain, okay, well, I'm not saying quit today and start up tomorrow. I mean, if God calls you to do that, do that. It's not my you know place to say that. But look for a job. Start looking for a job that actually goes with what your purpose is. Start looking and researching for a job of your passion. When I taught, I taught a leadership academy in Abilene for years, and that was the one of the things that I always encourage people because. They come up with excuses why they can't do what they desire. They come up with excuses like, oh man, you know, I got this great job and it pays me the money. I'm like, yeah, how long are you gone? Oh, I'm gone 12 to 14 hours a day. You know, I never see my kids, you know, but they're paid for everything's good, all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, but is that bringing you life? No, 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 it doesn't bring me life, but it does what I need to do. And I'll just do it for the next couple of years and save up money, whatever. They got a million different things. I'm like, okay, well, what's your passion? And there's, there's one lady that, there's one girl that we had in my class. <laughs> she would say, I love animals. I just love animals. She had like 20 different animals of every kind at her house. And, but she was working a job that she hated. It paid good, but she hated it. And I'm like, okay, well, since you love animals, is there any animal farms here in Abilene, Texas? Any kind of animal thing that you could go and not even look for a job the first time. Go ask them, how could I volunteer and help you? How can I volunteer and help? And then they'll give you opportunity because, hey, we all need people. And I'm sure animal places need people just like any other organization or job, whatever needs people. And if you're willing to come give your time for free and you do it and they see the passion that you have behind it, they're going to offer you a job. And then that job can turn into that's what you do every day. And you don't have to work the other job that you hate just because it paid you your bills. And, and, she she was one of the things she was one of the ladies that I had that I would say was that cap. Her whole time, her whole life, she was told she couldn't do anything. She was a mistake. She was a terrible person. Her parents, whatever, they told her all these horrible things, and so she had a cap. Every relationship she had, she was abused and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there was always a cap. And so I would keep bringing it up and keep bringing it up and keep bringing. It, hey, had you go volunteer yet? Did you go volunteer yet? Did you go no, you know this, 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 this. And then eventually, I saw her like six months later, and she had went and volunteered right after we'd stopped the leadership academy. She went and volunteered, and then. She volunteered and then she volunteered and then she was there all the time. And then since she was there all the time, they said, hey, well, we'll just hire you because we need you or you do such an amazing job. And so when I saw her six months later, she was working at the animal the sanctuary place that she had always talked about, but never did. And it was paying her bills and she loved it. It gave her what she was looking for, but she had to step out and do it and have the patience that it takes time to do it. But you got to start doing it. No, yeah, I, lo- I love that. It it reminds me of um, one of my friends. His name is Dub Alexander. Man, he did the same thing. He really loved um, what this group of, uh, they're not just, I, I don't think all of them are ministers, but there was this, this group of men who were traveling the country um, doing certain teachings and introducing pretty awesome perspectives just regarding uh, what is, what does it mean, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he just kept going to these meetings because um, he loved it. And next thing you know, they they offer him a job. And, um, man, he went, he went from there. Um, but, yes, yes, uh, you know, pay uh, – you know, I think everybody agrees with Matt that none of us like being patient. It's especially when, especially when we've 
discovered something that that's very life giving to us that we love that we're passionate about we we wish the very next day we could get paid to do it um and you you were saying something that reminded me of oh you know this uh this young girl that liked the uh, animals that there was like a cap to her mindset and it reminded me how you know how I said my my parents didn't they were always just telling me you can do whatever you want just you know even if it was delusional like in your words one of the scriptures my mom always told me was this and to this day she tells me she says junior delight yourself in the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart as long as those desires line up with his will delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desire and so you reminded me of how my my time where i had to be patient and it wasn't easy because I wanted to be full-time prison ministry long before it happened, you know, but I had, I had to be patient. I had to be patient. Um, but just, I just felt like a fish in water, man. Like, like, you know, you, you pull a fish out of water and he's like, no, put me back. Cause that's where I belong. Well, that's how I felt going into the prisons. I just felt like I belong there for more than one reason. I, I want to make that clear. I, I don't, I, I don't feel like I belong in the prisons just to do a Bridges to Life program or to preach or to teach, just interacting with them, I feel like that's where I belong, just loving on them, making them laugh, them sharing their story with me. You know, it, it's 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 broader than just me going in there to, you know, to, to do ministry. Um, okay, so go ahead. Yes, yes, go ahead. So the, like, in, going back to Dub, Right, like mm-hmm. he just got done with the, or he's finishing up a world a world tour, where he's went and taught in all these different countries, yes, yes. and he didn't have to go do it by himself. His kids with him, his wife is Come with on. him, his family is with him, Come and they're traveling and making Come experiences, on. and he's doing what he's designed to do. Come on. And it's like that is what we are supposed to be. That's how we're supposed to be living. It's mm-hmm. like you should be having everything you desire. And the reason you should have it is because God gave you the desire for it. Mm. We we a lot of times when I when I different people say like I want I want all the desires that God give me, you know, and they they, they put caps on it or they 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 confuse it with their own desires because they mm. see it in materialistic things, mm-hmm. and so they think well God told me like the I don't know. Uh, there's a movie with Lil Bow Wow where he like wins the lottery and so he's at church and they want him to tithe to the church because he just won the lottery and uh, Chris Tucker or I forgot who it was he's the the pastor and he, he shows a picture of this small little house and he's like that's right and then he shows a mansion and he's like but that's what God wants for me and then he shows like a, oh, his wife and then he shows like this new girl and stuff and he, he's he's to say like the desires that God gave him were a better house a newer wife and a better car and it's like a lot of times people can think that's what the desires are you know we desire that because and then if you desire something like that then we're we're told that's an evil thought you know to have that so like dub had this desire to go travel the world and to go and teach and it's like and take his family along with him and so the the desires were materialistic but they were materialistic because they were doing what god told him to do in that yes sir and that's why the desires are so important to look inside of you and see what you actually desire. Mm-hmm. What do you actually desire? And it goes back to where, what would you eradicate? Mm-hmm. Like you, you desire mm-hmm. something here and don't ever put a cap on you because that desire that you have to eradicate seems so impossible. 
Like to really, for me to sit down and say that my desire of my heart, the purpose that God gave me is to make sure that every single person on earth never goes through life again without knowing their purpose, sounds impossible. Mm -hmm. Sounds impossible. Mm -hmm. But that's what's exciting about it. Yeah, yeah. That's what's motivating about it. Amen. That doesn't Amen. scare me. That encourages me to know, wow, if I have that desire, God gave me that desire. Come on. So maybe I won't do it in my lifetime, but maybe the people that I touch can touch somebody else's life and touch yeah. somebody else's life. Come and on. then next thing you know, in 200 years, everybody knows what their purpose is. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. That I, I feel like that's a good um, bridge to this next um, concept, perspective that um, that has helped me in, in my own life, and, and I hope those of you who are listening, um, I, ho I hope this makes sense to you. Maybe this will even be comforting to you um, because um, I, I do believe in in having assignments, divine assignments where man we're we're excited about it we have the energy for it i mean we're passionate we'll do it for free i mean you know i i know i know what it's i just described about this whole prison thing where i'm like man that i'm that, i'm a fish in water in there for many reasons um and and, and there's there's other things that i that give me a lot of life when I, when i do it and it's me being of service to others um however one of the things that I've also learned that that kind of balances that out is there's times that God can put a divine assignment and it's not about fulfillment. It's not about um, joy. It's more about simply he sees a big picture that we can't see. So there's certain divine assignments that God may very well have for you. That you don't even want to do them, and let me just let me just give you some proof and some examples. Moses, what one of his divine one of his divine assignments was to lead the the people of Israel out of Egypt to the Promised Land, and if you read it, it was headache after headache, you know. And so I I, I think it's important for us to uh, be aware of the fact that. Yes, there's going to be divine assignments on your life that has a lot to do with your passion and and how you're gifted and 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 you you'll do it for free and 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 you know everything that we've been talking about. Um, but also, don't think that man may maybe maybe this is not one of God's divine assignments for me because it's more about me just obeying God. You know what? You're right on it. Many times, sometimes I just say this. Sometimes there are purposes that God has for us, divine assignments that God has for us, that it's simply about us being like Jesus saying, you know what, not my will, but your will be done. And, and you know, I think part of that is, I, I think that gives us, that helps us have a mature perspective regarding assignments on our life, purposes that God has for us. Jesus in the garden, you know, right right before he was about to honor one of his specific divine assignments, which is they're about to beat this, they're about to beat him. They're about he's going to bleed. I mean, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. 
Jesus was not excited about that. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood, and he's saying, Father, um, is there any way that this cup can pass from me? And then he says, but you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. And so I just I just want to throw that out there that make peace. We got to make peace with the fact that there's going to be some some divine assignments on our life, some some specific things that God has for us to do while we're on earth. And it may it may not be something you're excited about doing, but we got to be mature enough to be like Jesus and say, you know what? But I'm going to do it because it's your will. I'm, I'm going to do it because I want to be obedient to you. And so, you know, maybe you're listening right now and you're going through it right now. You're like, Junior, I really feel like God called me to do this, but ain't nothing fun about it. I just want to encourage you. It's okay. You're being just like Jesus. Jesus wasn't excited about what was going to happen. Well, I think, yeah, and I think... Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was. I would say. I would jump in and say. I think the reason that w- those things happen to us in our life is because the Lord's trying to show you who's in control. Is it your spirit or is it your body? Is it is it your body? Because a lot of times we don't we don't we don't want to do it because it takes up time or it takes up energy and it's like eh, I don't really even like that person. Like yeah. I don't want to do that. But the spirit's there saying no 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 no. This adds value to the people. Come on. And if Come it on. adds value to the people, at least try it. I always tell everybody if it adds value to to multiple people, at least try it just once. And you'll 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 pick it up real quickly when you do it. You're like, Ooh, I don't know, this might not be for me. Or hey, you know, maybe I'll try this again, and then I'll try this again, and try mm-hmm. this again. But that's where the reason I'm so intentional with my life is because every opportunity that comes upon me, I run it through the filtering system of is it going to add value to somebody? Yeah. Is it going to add value to somebody, or does it only add value to me? There's a scripture that's perfect to what you just said. Scripture tells us that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. In other words, the the process wasn't fun, but he knew the outcome of it, the outcome of him dying and him resurrecting. So the scripture says, for the joy set before him, he, en- he endured the cross. And so a- absolutely. Yeah, that's, but you 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 know, you see the value in it, and when you can see the value in it, you're able to to push that earthly desire to the side, and you're like, yeah, I'm at least gonna try it because it'll help somebody. And it's like if if you can do that every single day in some kind of way, even if you hate it at first, you still see. The, the value that comes from it and so you'll give it another try and give it another try and give it another try because in that lifetime in our lifetime we're trying to we, you should be looking at how can I build a legacy that will last for generations to come and the only people that have a legacy for generations either added so much value to the world that it actually changed people's mindsets or they took so much value from the world that it changed people's mindsets so those are the two things. Value is the center of it. Either you're going to give so much value that people talk about you forever. You know, we still talk about MLK, Gandhi, Jesus. We still talk about all these people because of the value that they added. And we still talk about Hitler, Stalin, you know, Goebbels because of the value that they took. They took Come life and they took it at the highest level to try to get what they desired. Come so that's on. the two ways to look at it. Come on. I love it. I love it. Um, 
as I as I was, you know, here listening to you, it reminded me of when I was a pastor in Dimmit. I really felt like God was challenging me to go into the community and to look for to look for areas that were just trashed and to go and serve my community in that in that manner and so I started doing it out of obedience not not because you know I just woke up one day and I said oh I just can't wait to pick up trash um I did it out of obedience and but the more I did it bro <laughs> the the more I dude like Man, I, I even started picking up this young man in the community who he didn't have a job. And so I started inviting him and he started going with me. And we like once a week, we just go look for an area and we take a lawnmower, we take a shovel, we take a, a weed eater and big old trash can. And I couldn't pay him much, but, you know, I'd, I'd give him something. And uh, but man, I it, it became something that I loved doing you know but it was it was out of obedience you know it wasn't necessarily that i woke up one day and i'm like man god's divine assignment on my life is to pick up trash it it was just you know god sees the bigger picture so when whenever he puts something on your heart man i really encourage you just just obey and just just like just like matt said you may not be excited about it at first or or, or you may not sh- be sure where God is going with this, um, but uh, God, God, God knew the bigger picture of what was going on, and I, and I tell you what, to this day, to this day, it's hard for me to walk into a public place, whether it be like a Whataburger or Walmart, or whatever. It's hard for me to walk into a public place and go into their bathroom. And it never fails. Whenever whenever I go wash my hands, it never fails. There's there's a couple paper towels on the floor that either just fell on accident or somebody just threw them there, whatever. I cannot I cannot leave without picking it up, man. I I cannot leave without without picking it up. And and you know why why am I sharing this? That Believe it or not, this might sound crazy to you, but I get joy and fulfillment out of doing that. I I really do. I get joy and fulfillment out of doing that. And so, man, however that however that speaks to you, remember, I, I I'm no expert when it comes to all this. We're just sharing things that really help us and make sense to us. When when you feel God is calling you to do something for your community or for a group of people, and you're not excited about it. Man, I encourage you just just obey. Just obey because like Matt said, after doing it a couple of times, you may be like, whoa. You may gain a whole different perspective on it. You may even end up like me. You get to the point where you you love picking up trash. You you <laughs> So um Hallelujah. Matt, yeah, is there anything you want to? Well, the, I, the reason that you you've gotten to that point because I'm, I'm like in the same place, you know, yeah. where it's like you see little things like that come and on. you do it because you know what the value it adds come to on, the environment on, around you and on. it adds to the people that are going to experience that. And so it's like, but that's that's the mind shift, the mind sh- like the mind. Uh, 
your mind shift, you know, the mindset, sorry, mindset shift that you're looking for. That's when you know that you're on the path of purpose. That's when you know, because you look at everything different. When, when you, when, when you know your purpose and you know who you are, you know, that's up to five questions of heart. When you under, when you know that and are studying it, you look at the world completely different. The world opens up in a way that it never did before. You see everything at such a higher like level. Like uh, 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 the, when I come out of the gym in the morning and the sun's coming up and I'm, I'm watching this come up as I walk into my car, like looking at it because I see the world differently. I look at it and I'm like, God, like <laughs> how can I not say I'm blessed? Like how can I not say I'm blessed? Look at this beauty that I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at this beauty that – once it's over with, it's never coming back. Like it will never be the same sunset ever. Every single day, the sunrise will be completely different every single day. And so it's like when you're looking at it, you're like, you, you, you appreciate it and you see the value and creativity in it and, and you see it in it and then you see it in yourself. And you want that for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I wish everybody, I wish everybody could get joy out of these little moments. Yeah. I call I call them little moments of greatness. And the reason I call them little moments of greatness is because when the disciples were arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom, Jesus tells them, whoever wants to be great, let them become the servants of all. So what one way that I interpret that is he he's defining greatness for us. Greatness is, is about about serving. And and so all these little moments of 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 greatness i'm just like i mean i i i just wish everybody could experience this um you mentioned one time about how you help someone jump start their car mm. and mm. and you you were wondering man i mean you were wondering how many people would have had the same opportunity but but because they haven't Maybe they just don't understand the bigger picture of purpose. You know, they're just like, well, some somebody else will help mm -hmm. them. Some somebody else. It, it it's man. That's a good segue into this. One of the things that I've learned when it comes to fulfilling purpose is, am I selfless enough to allow my schedule to be interrupted by someone else's need? And I'll just give you an example. This is the Good Samaritan. When we read the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 30, I believe, it says that, that a priest and a Levite were walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, and not together at, at two different times, and, and uh, there was a wounded man who was left half dead because thieves had beat him up and robbed him, and they left him half dead. And... The priest and the Levite, this is just one perspective that I'm that I'm giving. The priest, it says he walked. I'm sure, I'm sure he had a schedule. I'm sure he needed to be somewhere. And he looks at the wounded man, and apparently his schedule was more important than a guy who was left half dead. <laughs> and then the same thing with the Levite. His schedule was more important. But the Samaritan, he's like. I'm okay with my schedule being interrupted. I'm, I'm sure the Samaritan had a reason why he was going from point A to point B. Maybe he had an appointment. Maybe he had something important to do. But when he saw the wounded man, it says he was moved with compassion. 
he 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 had he had compassion on him and he was like man for, forget about what my schedule is this guy needs my help and he 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 bandages his wounds he puts him on his donkey takes him to an inn tells the guy there hey take care of this guy when i come back i'll pay you any extra expenses and so y'all y'all just, just consider this i'm just throwing this out there you know do have have we developed a a selfless attitude to where to where we're okay with our schedule being interrupted by someone else's need that that that's one way that we can honor our purpose what what are your thoughts on that well yeah and the reason like with those the two men they had a schedule they had stuff they had to do and that's what i was talking about like the system the system has taught you that Taught you that your, your your schedule is more important than somebody, right? Mm-hmm. They they Come put they they put this value structure Come on a person's life, so they they give you value on a person. Well, you should look at every single person as equal to you. They are a child of God. You're a child of God. You should see them as the same value. So, like the lady with the when I was jump jump starting her car, yes, yes. you know, coming out of the gym and it's getting dark and I, I look over and I see her standing in front of her car with her hood up and the jumper cables hanging out. So the jumper cables are hanging out. And so driving over there, I'm like, you need somebody to jump you? Yeah. And I said, how many people have left? How long you been out here? 25 minutes, something like that. How many people have left? Perfect example. Watching you. And it, not only are you just asking for a jump, you already have the jumper cables. That's usually the most like thing. Most people like won't jump somebody because they're like, well, I don't have the jumper cables. Yeah, yeah. So what, what can I do to help them? Yeah, yeah. But you got the jumper cables hanging outside of the front with your hood up and you're standing here. Come on. Like you, you're you're a flashing like, sign that I need to be jumped. Come on. <laughs> like, Come that's on. The, you're flashing that. And I'm like, how is this possible? But it's because people think, my time is more important, it's more valuable to me than you. Come on, man. You're not as valuable as my time because I need my time. Come on. And the reason that people want their time is because they don't understand that time, time is here for us to be able to give as much value as possible to as many people every single minute. Hallelujah. Like that's how you make something better. When God gives you something, he gives you responsibility over it. He wants you to return it to him better than he gave it to you. So every single day that he gives us, every single day we wake up in the morning, he wants us to give that day back to him better than he gave it to us. Come on. And the only way you do that is by adding, adding value to the world, but also adding value to every person that you can and come in contact with and not just pass up opportunities because it doesn't flow with what you want to do for that day. Come on, man. Come on. Hallelujah. I, I, I really believe that those of you who are listening through the app and later on some of you will listen to this through a CD. I'm going to make it available through CD, through um, MP3. I've got a friend who's got a podcast also and and uh, I'll be turning it into him. Man, I, I really think that what we've been touching on, um, man, if you just if you just consider it um, and just say, man, Lord, Lord, what I'm what I'm hearing from Matt and from Junior, you know, how 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 do I apply it to my life? Um, that the next thing that I let's see, we've got, man, we still got like twenty minutes. Um, I'll, I'll, go ahead, go ahead. That 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 the point of a, a value on a person 
is so important for people to understand, especially in the time that we're living in right now. We just went through a whole time where people put value on other humans. They said, if you're not this, you're not as valuable as me, so I don't care what happens to you Mm. because I need what I need. So we put a value on people. And it's like, that's not the way to live. That right there goes against God at every single turn. If you put a value on somebody because of something external, then you're telling God that thing is not as valuable as I am. You're telling God your creation is not that valuable. I don't care what they do. I understand there's bad people out there. I understand there's mean people. I understand that. But when we start putting value on people that they don't deserve what everything God has for them and we're saying "Eh, you do this and I don't agree with that so like I'm not going to try to help you I'm not going to give you any value I don't want you to have any of mine Mm -hmm. I can't give it over to you because I don't like you like that you're not the person that I want to be you're not the person that I desire to be you don't do it the way I desire to do it the disciples showed us real quickly with Jesus when they were walking with them and they're like hey man there's some dudes that have been worshiping not like we do uh when you want to call it on fire? <laughs> yeah, they're they're casting out demons, but they're not one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they asked Jesus to call down fire, like they literally just asked Jesus to become a terrorist to kill somebody for doing it not the way he was doing it, but doing what they were purposed to do. And Jesus, he he is like, I could just see his mind, his his faces. He says, "Where did you get this from? Like, where did this spirit come to you?" You know, who has that? What? These are your brothers and sisters. And because they don't do it the way you do it, you want me to call fire down upon them. But that's how we live today. Oh, I don't like this person. or I don't like that. Or you don't know what they've done. You know, I get it. Hey, I get it. But that's not your job to put a value on them. They are valuable because God made them valuable. And I can't say they're not valuable. Come on, man. It reminds me of. I don't remember who said this. I heard it somewhere. But they were like, you know what God loves more than anything? He said, people. He said, he said, so that's what that's what you need to make your life about. People. Love people. Love people. And it, it just reminded me of that. Yeah, you can love everybody, but not like everyone. There you go. <laughs> they they go. go hand in hand. <laughs> there was hey. Paul loved everybody, but he didn't like everyone. But he still was going to give value to them, even if he didn't like them. Come on, man. Come on. Um, we've got about, uh, yeah, tw- 20 minutes. Um, and we've covered a lot. Um, here's, a, uh, here's another um, experience that I've had that, that was – spoke a lot to me man and I'm I'm gonna try not to get emotional because it's one of my favorite memories of something that happened in prison man and every time I think of it I'm like I'm like wow so I was at the roach unit and we were having graduation and I decided to just have fun with it so I was like you know what I got approved to take a lot of the little $1 Lunchables from Walmart. Um, they're the simple ones. You know, it just got ham and crackers. And I think that's it. Just like having crackers and cheese, maybe. Well, they also had like these fancier Lunchables. It's like a bigger box. It comes with the Dasani. It comes with the chocolate. It's just a little fancier, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a cool looking box. Kids look at it and they're like, oh, I want that one, right? So 
I got four of those. I got the simple ones for everyone, but the the fancy ones, I got like four of them. Because I said, you know what? I'm just going to get... I'm gonna get creative with this and have fun for for graduation. So what the the way I handed those fancy ones out was I said, okay, I'm just gonna quiz y'all. It was stuff we had gone over. So I'd I'd ask a question. I'd, I'd be like, man, first first guy to lift his hand up and and answer the question correctly, you're gonna be awarded one of these fancy ones, right? So so we're doing that, and um. A guy raises his hand. A guy that I didn't I didn't expect him to raise his hand because he seemed to, in all those fourteen weeks. I didn't even know if he was paying attention. To be honest, yeah. I, I didn't even know. Probably, I think the whole room felt the same way. Um, just because of how he carried himself, and uh, but he raises his hand. And I'm, and that immediately threw me off. But I was like, I was like, okay. And he gave me the correct answer. I was, I was like, whoa! I was impressed. So I went and gave him that fancy lunchable. All right, we continue with the ceremony, hand out certificates, all that. And as we're getting close to where it's time to dismiss, man, <laughs> he raises his hand again. And I, I say, uh, I say, what's up? And he says, he says, can I give you a hug? And uh, everybody's just quiet, man. And I, I say, sure, but what's up? You know, what's going on? And the whole room is just dead silent. And he gets up and he says this to me and then he walks up to me and he gives me a hug. He says, he says, I grew up, I grew up really poor. I grew up really poor. He said, you're the first person to ever buy me a Lunchable. And it made me think, how many times did he want a Lunchable as a kid? And his family was so poor, they couldn't even get him that because apparently other groceries were more important or whatever. Maybe that was a treat or whatever. They couldn't afford a treat. But he said that, man. He was like, man, I grew up so I grew up very poor. And you're the first person to buy me a Lunchable. And he walked up to me and he gave me a hug, right? And, you know, what, is, what does that have to do with what we're talking about with, with fulfilling purpose, right? And I just felt like God told me this. I felt, I felt like God said, Junior, you know how when you were at Walmart... You decided you're gonna get creative. You're gonna you you you're not just gonna buy the regular lunchables for everybody. You're gonna get creative and do something fun. And you bought four, four fancy ones. I heard him say that was me. That was me helping you get creative with, with how you can give somebody an experience. That was me. Here's my point to those of you who are listening. All of us have been blessed with some level, some form of creativity. There's some very creative people, and then there's some of you listening who say, Junior, I'm not very creative at all. But still, because because the, the God who created us, he himself is very creative. 
there's some level of creativity that he has placed in Matt, in me, in everybody. There's some level of creativity. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. How can you use your creativity to create an experience for somebody else? How can you use your creativity to be a blessing to somebody else, to serve somebody else? It could be as small as 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 small as the example that I'm giving you, just just these lunchables. Little did I know it was gonna be that special of a moment for this for this guy. Yeah. It's the the, yeah. the the things I take away from it real quickly is right there is why you can't ever judge a person. Come on. Right? You can't ever judge a person and you can't put a value on a person. Right? Everybody has to have the top level value because you don't know what they've been through. So you can't judge them because you don't know what they've been through and you can't put a value on them because everybody's valuable. And then adding value to somebody doesn't have anything to do with monetary status. Because giving him that lunchable four bucks, five bucks, whatever it was, it wasn't about how much it cost. It was what the intention was behind it Mm -hmm. and how you had thought of him enough to give him something like this. And yeah, he probably grew up never being able to get anything that he desired to even to the level of food, not big desires. We're talking about food level, that hierarchy, that Maslow's hierarchy. He wasn't even on the second step. He wasn't even on the second step. So his mindset was already capped at he can't even get a lunchable. What is that? How does that go into his heart? How does that seep in? Right. How does that seep in? And the reason that you did it is because, you know, the purpose of you, you know, you're supposed to add value. You have an opportunity to go add value to these guys. And so you're already thinking, how can I do it? How can I do it creative? How what, how, how, how create how creative can I get with this? What can give some more value? Not just not just the basic level of value, which is the regular launchables. They're valuable, but they're at a cap at a level. And then what's the next one above that? And so you look at it in that creativity, and that's where people. Uh, my whole life, I said I wasn't creative. I was like, ah, I don't really. I can't draw. I can't paint. Like I, I'm not like a poet, and you know, I don't write like that or anything. And so I was like, creativity. I'm not creative. I'm just an athlete. I'm just a jock, right? So that's that's my creativity. It, it wasn't until you fully discover like your passion and your purpose that you see the ways that you can be creative in it. Like I love teaching, and so I find creative ways to teach something to somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I get I get enjoyment in getting creative that way. Where I, drawing to me is, is I'm not good at it, so I think, oh, well, I'm not creative. Well, no, I'm just not creative in that way. Mm-hmm. Don't put a box on creativity. People have been told create creativity is this. There's a box. Come on. And it's like that's not how it is. You're creative because God's creative and he gave you his identity. You're creative. You just got to figure out which area you're creative in. Come on. It reminds me of the very first verse in the Bible. It says, "In the beginning God created." You 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 could change it to this because the Bible says God is love. So you can say, "In the beginning God's love created, or in the beginning, love created. So I'm just sharing that to say this. God's love is always ready to help us use our creativity in a way that that serves someone else. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're, you're right on it. What, it's, you're, it's much easier to be creative in an area where you're you're already passionate about that area, you're you're already growing in that area. It's 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 
it's easier to get ideas. Oh, I could do it this way. I could do it that way. Yeah. So. That's the main thing is you, you, you figure out ways to do it more effective. Mm-hmm. So like in this teaching journey of mine, trying to give people purpose, I taught a leadership academy. I used to go over these different, these all these different qualities and characteristics, and they were great characteristics, but it only reached as many people. They didn't really able to keep it going on. And I did that. And then you know, a couple a year or two into that, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't really working the way it should work. So how can I do it more effective way? So I had to get creative. I had to switch to do something different. And then, okay, well, that worked to a certain level, but it wasn't taking hold like I it should have been taking hold. So then it's like, okay, well, how can I get more cre- more creative, more effective? Come you on. know, and then the Holy Spirit's there every step of the way, saying, here, take this, take this, take this, do it this way. And to where now, the five questions of the heart. Like I have it like the back of my hand because I see how effective it is. So I got creative in how I taught and how I gave the principles out. And then what principles are the core principles that people need? And as soon as they get those, everything else comes easily. But once that foundation is so sturdy, we can stack buildings on top of buildings on top of it. But if that foundation is weak, okay, I can't stack anything on it. And so we want to do this great thing, but the foundation can't sustain and can't hold up what we're supposed to be holding up. And it starts there. So that's how I got to the five questions. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the foundation. This is what Jesus taught. Okay, now I don't don't have to jump around to all these different points and give all these different things. I can hit this and take off with it. So I got creative with it. Come on, man. And we still got about 10 minutes um, before we get off the broadcast, I want Matt to clearly give you those five questions of the heart. Um, but I, I couldn't not say this because we're talking about, you know, getting creative. Um, the dodgeball tournaments. Um, I love leading people to Christ. I, I really do. I I love whether it's after a preaching or just whenever when somebody says, man, I, I want to give my heart to God and I want to live for him. I love leading people in, in that prayer. And um, the dodgeball tournaments it, that we do at the prisons, it draws men that normally would not be in church at a prison. Um, and that's been confirmed by field ministers. Um, I've asked them, I said, hey, out of, when, when we did the altar call, and out of the men that you saw, was there some that you never see in church? And the field ministers, they're, they're always there, so they you know they, they know the population. And I remember them telling me, man, I saw three of them that I never see in church, but they were here for the dodgeball. And when you did the altar call, they went up, and it just, I mean, there was a party in my heart. Um, and just to be a little more, more clear what I'm talking about, um, when, we go, when we do the dodgeball tournament in the prisons, we – we uh, balance it out with ministry. Like we'll play games, and then let's say it's three of us that showed up. We, we'll, we'll play for like a whole hour, and then and then one of our volunteers will give like a five to eight minute speech. Like it's just quick, and and then boom, we get back to playing again, and then the next person gives a speech, and we're just doing that from like ten in the morning to like four in the afternoon, and then at the very end. Man, they've laughed. They've had so much fun. They're like a little more receptive to what to what you're gonna say at the end because you've given them this opportunity to forget that they're in prison. So they seem to be a little more open to what you have to say. And and we finish strong with a strong word. And you know, is there anybody here that wants prayer or that wants to surrender their heart? It's been very effective. But again, it's just to the point where 
is just one creative way to to reach uh, the the incarcerated men. Uh, it looks like we got about five minutes. Um, I I want to uh, ask Matt if he can really highlight for you. Um, he's been touching on it here and there, but if you can just make clear to them the five questions of the heart and just anything else you want to add to it, I think we've got about five minutes. Okay. So like with the dodgeball tournament, what I like about it, the creativity is you're reaching them on their level. You're reaching them on a level that identifies with them or, or, or brings, it's a passion of theirs. And it's like, that is that's the that's the the spirit behind you with the creativity to show you how to connect to people that wouldn't be there in the general surface and it's like jesus was the most creative person that there was i mean you think about he told parables which are made up stories so like he's having to think of a story to reach the people that he's in front of and he's not going to tell the same story because you think about why wouldn't you know how a lot of times pastors when they go to new places they they go like they tell an old preaching that they know is going to hit like they'll tell the they'll tell the the hits of their, of their preaching and it's like Jesus every place that he went he told a different story he didn't hit he didn't do the same stories he didn't hit it over and over and over and over again every single city because he knew it wouldn't reach them he knew the story that I'm going to tell here is not going to be the story that I tell there because one I'm talking about farming next one I'm talking about fishing and then I'm talking about the sun come I'm telling all these different stories <laughs> to the community that I am and that's where the creativity comes in when you're doing what you're designed to do. You learn how to reach the people that you're in front of. You learn how to connect to them because they don't, they might not understand the words that you're talking about. Every place that you go, they're not going to understand the same thing. They won't understand the concepts. And that's where the creativity comes out. And so the five questions of the heart. So it, the first question is, who am I? Right? Who am I? People have been asking that forever. Read any philosophy book through the past couple hundred years since Socrates and all of them talking about who am I? And, and what that is, is it's an identity. That's your identity. Who am I? You got to know this. It's the very first thing you have to know because you have to be able to stand on your own two feet. And the only way to stand on your own two feet is by knowing who you are, knowing the value. identity that's your identity who am I you got to know this it's the very first thing you have to know because you have to be able to stand on your own two feet and the only way to stand on your own two feet is by knowing who you are knowing the value that's your identity who am I you got to know this it's the very first thing you have to know because you have to be able to stand on your own two feet and the only way to stand on your own two feet is by knowing who you are, knowing the value. I found they 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 enroll in identity together, father, mother, stuff like that. That's not your identity. That's a whole deeper discussion. I probably shouldn't have brought that up, but that's not your identity, child of God. But we'll do part two. Yeah, all this all the stuff that comes with that, you got to understand it. So that's all through Scripture. The second is where am I from, and we'll, we'll think that's heritage. Like my family's from, you know, Israel and Germany and all that stuff, like, which is kind of funny that like I got whatever. But it's like, that's what we'd say our heritage. That's not your heritage. Like, that's just who was who you were born to. Where do you come from? Where do you actually come from? You were created somewhere else. You weren't created here, not on earth. You were created somewhere else. So who created you? 
That's your source. You need to know your source because for you to do what you're designed to do, you got to know who's got to pay for it. Hmm. It's, it's almost like saying, who do you belong to? Yeah, exactly. That's what you have to know. That's why we call him Lord. Who do you belong to? Because if they own you, right, if they have to provide for you, if they're your source, then they must take care of you and make sure that you get everything that you need because they created you. So who created you? And then the next one you go into is, what? Uh, uh, why am I here? Why am I here? That's your purpose. Why did you wake up this morning? Why are you on this earth at this time? There has to be a purpose to it. No good creator makes anything without a purpose. This microphone that we're speaking into, the creator of this microphone the creator of this microphone, he had a purpose in mind before he even made it. Before he built this, before they even started drawing it out, he had a purpose for this microphone. Well, if we're going to take that much time for our purpose stuff that we make, why wouldn't God do that for you? So before he even put you here, before you and your mom, before your mom's womb, he already knew what your purpose was. So that's why you're here. And then it goes into what can I do? And that's your potential. How far can you take it? How big can you make it? How big is it actually supposed to be? So you need to know that potential of it. Where are you trying to go with it? And then the last one is where am I going? And that's your destiny. Where is it that you're trying to end up? And there's a whole deeper thing to that because we think that's real simple, but that's not. That's actually extremely deep. Where am I going? But if you don't know where you're trying to end, you don't know which path to go down. You don't. That's why I love like when when went in the prison and I'm talking to the guys and I'm like, if I tell you, if, I, if you know in your heart that you're supposed to be in Dallas and then I give you the map that takes you to Waco, well, on the way there, you're seeing you're not going in the right direction. You see it. You're like, no, 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 mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. I'm supposed to be going to Dallas. Why does the sign say Waco? Mm-hmm. But if you're like, well, I'm just going where, you know, like yeah. I don't, I don't know the end goal. So you just, you go on the road to Waco and then you end up in Waco and make you, maybe Waco is a good thing, but it's not your thing. It's not what the God's thing there, for you. There you go. So you got to know that where you're trying to end up. Man. Well, wow. I, uh, I feel, I feel great, man. I, I really feel like, those of you who've been tuning in through the app and those of you who will be listening to this through just through different me uh through different means man uh we really think that if you consider um the things we've been sharing just consider it go to god with it i i really think it'll it'll bring more clarity as far as um this topic of what what is it, what does it mean to to fulfill purpose and to live a a a, a meaningful life All right, well, you're tuned in to Radio Vida, West Texas, signing off. It's 10 o'clock. God bless you. Take care, and and, uh, and, uh, go, go to God with everything we've shared with you today. In Jesus' name, amen.